Apple made you a long-distance relationship kit. I got your webcam so we can chat 24-7. Sounds cute. I can't wait. I'm here for your help, Sam. Don't give me one day in college. Run. Don't stop. You don't hide. You run. I'm not going to go without you. Yes, that's the new Transformers Revenge of the Fallen just out uh, in theaters now. Uh, opened a few days ago, which uh, I went on opening day to see it. Uh, really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll talk later in today's podcast about that. Oh, this is uh, Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly geeky genre entertainment show all about Star Trek, sci-fi, fantasy, and Whatever else happens to cross my mind. So this is uh, podcast 233. Uh, I got to like have somebody, you know, email me every week to tell me what number it is. But I, I always look, you know, before I start the show, usually. It is uh, June 28th. My gosh, June 28th, 2009. Almost the end of the month, almost the 4th of July weekend for uh, those in the United States. Next weekend will be a lot of fun. Although my neighborhood's already started, it seems like. We had a lot of fireworks and things going off here last night, so that seems to happen sometimes. Uh, depends on the year, but uh, anyway, this uh, week's uh, Treks and Sci-Fi show is going to be about the TNG episode Cupid, uh, which is a fun romp, uh, just a fun show uh, from season four of the series, and one I've been wanting to cover for a while, which I, I always seem to say as well. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not just saying the same things week after week over and over again. I don't think so, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about Transformers, like I mentioned there at the beginning, uh, a few other things going on, and maybe a little bit more about the Trek movie and the future of the franchise. So uh, sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the podcast. That track, uh, again, is from the Star Trek uh, movie soundtrack by Michael uh, Giacchino. I think that's how you say it. Uh, that track is called Back From Black, and uh, I, I, the soundtrack is really starting to grow on me. I like that overall theme that they run through the uh, movie quite a bit, uh, and there's there's quite a few fun tracks on the, on the soundtrack, so I recommend you pick it up in stores or online wanted to thank uh, the recent people who have donated to the podcast, uh, Rick Moyer uh, and uh, Ingrid Ursula, I think, who's now on the forums. Uh, just uh, really appreciate those. And if you go to the main treksinsci-fi.com website, you can uh, donate to the podcast, you know, a one-time donation or set up, like some have, a, a small monthly donation. Yeah, those are always great to have as well. I appreciate those still coming in from those that are doing that. Uh, always uh, helpful and uh, helps me continue to bring you the latest uh, Trek news and sci-fi talk each week. 
What's going on with the latest Star Trek movie? Let's find out. Wait, here we go. Yeah, the movie uh, is still playing uh, several theaters around me, even though the one I usually go to isn't playing it anymore. Imagine where I uh, normally see movies. Uh, it's not there, but it's at several theaters still in my area. I'd still like to go see it one more time in the theater. It's still making money, doing pretty well, uh, and uh, obviously it's it's by far the, the most successful Star Trek movie ever and one of the biggest uh, hits for the summer, so that's a good thing. Uh, a few little side notes on, on uh, the film and, and uh, sequel talk. One of the things that's going on right now is the uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. There's a change in the rules for uh, Oscar nominations. I, I, I think this is uh, for just Best Picture. But uh, let me read this. I'm trying to find the, the article here again. After more than six decades, the Academy's returning to some of its earlier roots when a wider field competed for the top award of the year. The final outcome, of course, will be the same one picture, one best picture winner, excuse me. But the race to the finish will feature 10, uh, not just five great movies from 2009. So, you know, when they do those nominations, you know, when the Oscars or the Academy Awards are on in the springtime each year, and they go through, you know, and presenting the nominees for Best Picture. Rather than only having five, they're going to have ten. Uh, and it's it's a good, you know, good bet. And, and people are talking right now that in that group of ten, that Star Trek could uh, definitely slip into that. Uh, so that, that would be a nice thing. I, I really have very little hope or <laughs> I, I, I there's no way it would win Best Picture. It just it's not going to happen. Uh, so that I, I have, I, you know, I've I've kind of have 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 had a mixed relationship with the Oscars and the, and the Academy Awards. I, I feel it's it's not very representative of what the general public likes. I, I, you know, and I I can understand a little bit of that. They're trying to, you know, reward not just popularity and you know the big films of the year. But, uh, you know, what they consider quality. But I think sometimes there's there's a little bit of both that, that you can find. I think they ignore things. Like, for example, my, I think it was a huge um, mistake last year when uh, The Dark Knight didn't win for Best Picture. I, I just, I thought that film was amazing. And I see a lot of movies, but uh, I'm not going to get into a lot of that kind of talk. But anyway, so Star Trek could end up in the nominated uh, Best Picture category for uh, the, I guess that would be the 2000, do they call it the 2009 Academy Awards or the 2010 Academy Awards for the 2009 movies? I'm not sure. Who cares, really, you know. But anyway, that would be nice. And uh, Leonard Nimoy won a Saturn Award uh, not that long ago, maybe about a week ago, I think they had this ceremony. Uh, the Saturn Awards are, are a, uh, it's a basically science fiction uh, set of awards that have been given out for like 35 uh, years now, quite a long time. And he won a, uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award, and it was actually presented to him by J.J. Abrams, who just recently celebrated his birthday. And did I say birthday? <laughs> his birthday. J.J. just turned 43. Gosh, I didn't realize he was quite that young. I knew he was in his 40s, but ah, makes me feel a little old. But I'm, I'm still in my 40s. Yes, I am. Anyway, uh, so J.J. had a birthday. Leonard Nimoy got an, uh, I almost said an Academy Award. But he got a Saturn Award, which is a very cool little trophy. And I, I think he was very pleased with that. 
there are some nice pictures of him at the ceremony with his wife and JJ over at uh, trekmovie.com, so check those out. Uh, what else about the film? Uh, I don't know if I mentioned before, but they're doing a whole Nero, a comic book about the villain and uh, giving you some more backstory on him. They're doing a comic series on on him uh, that will be coming out soon. Just, you know, check the you know online comic book sources or your local comic book store. Go check those out. Uh, they're going to do a few uh, uh, new Trek comics, and there's still some ongoing ones that are pretty good. There's this one showcasing kind of the early days of kind of... Um, Captain Pike's crew and other and other uh, different ships that they served aboard, especially Number One. Uh, if you remember his first officer, which was played by uh, Major Barrett at, in the first pilot, the Cage, they kind of talk about her history before she joined the Enterprise and Captain Pike. Uh, that one's called Crew, I think. I'm getting the names a little confused. And there's another one called uh, Mission uh, Missions End, I think, that's going on. Uh, two Trek comics that are fun. Uh, what else about the film? Uh, a little bit about the sequel, I guess. They're they're talking a lot to the uh, writers uh, lately who are starting to just sort of get some preliminary ideas for the film. Uh, one thing here, a little quote or something from these guys from Orsi and Kurtzman, the writers of the first, uh, you know, the, the Star Trek movie that's out now and the writers of the sequel, they say that the odds, they give 50-50 odds of having Khan in the next Star Trek movie, which I, I you know, why? It was done so well, I, and, and yeah, okay, there's a lot of people out there that aren't, you know, that maybe didn't see that movie, I don't know, you know, especially maybe younger people these days that they're sort of reinventing Trek for, but I just think it's just, to go over that ground this at this early stage, I, I just don't see the need for it. I mean, besides the characters and that we knew in the new movie, the, the storyline was was new and original. They had a new villain. Uh, they had a lot of new things going on. So, uh, you, and it was successful. So I think that should tell them something that they don't need to pull somebody so well known from past Trek into uh, a sequel. So I. I don't get it, but uh, who knows? We will see. Uh, so that's it for Trek. I'm going to talk a little bit about sci-fi Transformers and that uh, right after this uh, little message. All hands, this is the captain speaking. Starfleet has confirmed reports that Romulus was destroyed two weeks ago by an ultranova in the adjacent Toba system. The colonies and subjugated worlds that survived are in need of humanitarian aid. Arabella has been assigned to a convoy that will cross the neutral zone in order to provide assistance. We are uncertain of the reception we will receive, but it is likely, it is likely we will be met with resistance from the Romulan people. They won't want to accept charity from the Federation, but the captain says we should be prepared to accept evacuees and deal with confrontations with rogue members of the military. Security teams will need to be ready at a moment's notice. We'll we will begin, begin drills at, drills at 0800 to prepare. Sick bay may be inundated with ill and wounded. I don't want my department to be overwhelmed. Many of you were a part of the staff aboard the Tiberius. You were seasoned veterans. I know you are fully capable of handling this situation. Shields up. Red alert. Captain, our shields cannot take much more. Beyond the neutral zone. The Romulan people suffer in chaos. The Hobus Ultra Nova laid waste to their fractured empire. 
stability has crumbled, and infrastructure ravaged. Friend and foe amass in shadows, waiting to pick their bones, yet the Federation takes nothing but their burdens. These are the voyages of Arabella, the flagship of the Seventh Fleet. Its mission, to defend the helpless, to render aid where needed, to befriend a former enemy, to boldly go where no Starfleet vessel has gone before. Season 10 of the Arabella Fanfiction and RPG begins June 26th on the Trex and Sci-Fi Forum. Read along as the story progresses every day, or be entertained as you listen to the Trex and Sci-Fi microcast, The Ready Room, as we dramatically read a chapter each week. Really well done stuff there. Thanks, Jen, so much for that. That is the promo for Season 10 of the RPG over at TrexandSciFi.com, the continuing adventures of the USS Arabella with quite a few changes this season. And we did start this just a couple of days ago, but it's not too late if you're a member of the forum or even if you're not a member of the forum and want to join up and do a little Trek writing or just reading along, uh, please join us. Uh, we are, as you can hear from that, uh, we're, we're sort of branching off into the universe that was uh, set up in the new Star Trek movie, except, of course, into the future of that universe when Romulus is also destroyed again, just like it was destroyed in the uh, main Prime universe. And hopefully you kept track of that. Yeah, you can learn a lot more over on the forum, so check us out. Okay, like I mentioned at the beginning of today's podcast, I did go out and see the new Transformers movie, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Not Transformers 2. They didn't throw a number in there, which, eh, who cares? Uh, in a nutshell, I, I feel that if, if you enjoyed the first Transformers movie, you will enjoy this movie uh, maybe even more so, I th because they kind of get right into it, right into the action. There isn't a lot of that early parts that they had in the first movie, which sort of, you know, you got to know the human characters, and they, they slowly built up to in, introducing the Transformers. Uh, I think I've said before on the podcast, maybe a couple of times, but I, I was one of the people that I, I never really ever got into the Transformers cartoon. I saw it a couple of times, just never really caught my fancy, never started to really seriously watch it. So when I saw the first movie, I didn't know that much. I mean, I knew some of the basics. My kids kind of watched Transformers, but I didn't know that much about it. And I enjoyed the first movie quite a bit. And this movie I enjoyed just as much, maybe even more so than that one. Uh, it, it's a Michael Bay. People use that as almost like a... I don't know, an adjective these days. You know, it's a Michael Bay movie. There are a lot of things blowing up. There's a lot of military-type elements in it, uh, a lot of explosions, giant robots fighting. Uh, it's exactly what you'd expect, and which which I was completely fine with. Uh, I know there are some people that didn't enjoy this. They find uh, it's, it's, for whatever reason, they, they're just not into these movies. And I know that I've heard that from people who are into the Transformers and people who are not into the into the cartoons so uh who knows I, I don't know if there's any real pattern or anything but i enjoyed it i think these movies are just you know grab a bucket of popcorn sit back and and just you know enjoy it uh i thought i thought the action especially they 
they really they both amped it up in this movie and also I found it easier to follow. There are a lot more fights and scenes to me that were a lot more clear of who was fighting who and what was going on. Uh, the story was okay. I thought that there were some good elements there. Again, I don't know that much about the Transformers that I don't know how much the story really fits the, the whole mythos, but uh, this, you know, again, if you enjoyed the first one or if this is your cup of tea, go see it. It's, it's a big summer action movie and definitely worth seeing at the theater, I think, rather than just on your TV uh, at home. So um, check it out. I also watched the other night on Friday night, and I think some people may have missed this, so you might be able to still, uh, you probably be able to catch it on uh, Hulu.com, but on Fox Friday night a few nights ago, they played the Ron Moore, you know, Ron Moore of Battlestar Galactica fame and used to work on uh, the Star Trek series. He uh, created this pilot for a new series called Virtuality. Uh, the premise of this uh, series is is a little complicated. I'll try to explain it pretty quickly. Basically, there's this deep space mission uh, from Earth uh, heading out uh, in the solar system, and their final destination, which uh, is probably going to happen. Uh, well, let me. I'll explain that in a second. But they're heading really kind of to uh, one of our nearby stars, Epsilon Eridani. Uh, what the uh, the premise though of the show is they're in this deep space mission there are 12 i believe yeah 12 astronauts or crew members aboard this big ship and they sort of combine it with a reality tv show all of uh, what they're doing is being videoed and monitored and kind of relayed back to earth uh, to show sort of the conflicts and uh, what's going on on this on this deep space voyage uh, between all the different crew people, and that makes it kind of interesting. And then the other part of it, the reason it's called Virtuality, is the the series focuses a lot on uh, virtual worlds and and computer generated uh, lives, sort of like uh, in a way like the Matrix. Uh, what it is is they've got these little headset things that cover their eyes and go over their face. And they stick that thing on their face and head. They lay back on their bed or whatever, and it puts them into a virtual world. Uh, it starts out with, I won't give away really spoilers, but the the captain of the vessel is in this Old West type of theme uh, virtual world. And I guess the individual people create their own little uh, programs, uh, you know, different, you know, kind of fantasy lives like they like to live. He, he ha- likes to be in the kind of in the Old West a little bit. During, I think it's supposed to be like actually during the Civil War or something. Uh, but anyway, and the point of these virtual uh, worlds that they slip off into is to be able to deal with the stresses and this long-term space voyage they're on, that they're in this sort of tin can floating through space. Uh, and it gives them a distraction and allows their minds to sort of... Uh, you know, get away from uh, the reality around them, uh, which is a very interesting concept. I didn't, I had heard about this a while ago, and I thought it was going to be a little different, but uh, there's a, a lot of focus on the show in the two-hour pilot movie about the different characters and just what they do aboard the, the ship and a little bit of the virtual world. I thought the virtual world was going to be a lot more of the show. Uh, it is still a pretty, you know, a big significant part of the show, but uh in the point of this first thing, uh, the first movie that's going on, what happens after they start on their mission, and you, you find all this out in the first few minutes, I think, of the show, is that Earth is going through a lot of climate changes and things are looking bad for Earth. So their mission, which was sort of an exploration mission to begin with, has now become, hey, you better find a new place for the people of the Earth because our world is dying here. 
Uh, and then they get to this point in this uh, movie where they have to make a decision about whether to leave the solar system and continue on to the Epsilon Eridani star or head back to Earth. And uh, But again, I won't say anything about that. Uh, it, it's a really good show, a good concept, uh, really different and original, I think, and could make a very interesting TV series. I don't know what the status is of that. I suppose it depends on how the pilot did and everything like that. Uh, and whether Ron Moore wants to work on it or who knows. So check it out. It may be rerun sometime, but also I believe, I'm almost positive, since Fox uh, shows turn up on Hulu.com, you'll be able to find it there if not already. Uh, it's It may already be there. I, I should check that out and maybe let you know. So I'll take a little break, and I'll look at that, and I'll be right back with more Treks in Sci-Fi. It's been called the best sci-fi fandom documentary since Trekkies. Four stars, says Brian Orndorff of DVDTalk.com. Costume, gaming, comics, collecting, and everything else in between. If you're a fanboy, you've gotta see Penguins. The geeks shall inherit the Earth. Well, there's still the stereotype out there that we're a bunch of geeks who live in our parents' basements. 35-year-old living in the mom's basement, yes. Uh, that's the typical stereotype. I'm in my mid-30s and I still read comics and I tell people that I read comics and they look at me sideways. You know, I don't volunteer that I played me because, you know, people do sometimes look at you like, hmm. Today I'm dressed up as a Jedi Knight. Jedi Knights are the uh, guardians of peace and justice and uh, in a time like this I think we need uh, more of them. A lot of us are geeks who live in our parents' basements, but, you know, we're harmless. We don't walk around with uh, propellers on top of our hats. It's not really anything to be ashamed about. Yes, I make lightsabers in my basement. I don't care who knows. We do it because we like it, not as much as because somebody else likes it. If they want to have fun, dress up as a Klingon, why not? You, know? you may think I'm a geek or a loser, but I'm having fun at it. It's what makes me happy, and, I, you know, I, I could be spending my money on crack. Ordinary, common, average, run-of-the-mill, these are synonyms for, for normal. Who the hell wants to be average? I know that I'm a loser, I know that I'm a geek, but it makes me happy. <laughs> hey! Yeah, definitely go check out Jason's uh, documentary on fandom, uh, who I talked to on last week's podcast. You can find that DVD over at pegwarmers.tv. All right, just a couple last things to mention. I also watched uh, the first episode. Still got to watch the second of the new uh, series. Actually, it's from the UK imported. It's already played over there, I think. The first season, uh, the show called Merlin, which is showing on Sunday nights here in the States, at least, uh, it, during the summer uh, time. I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's a little light. Uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, the King Arthur legend a la kind of Smallville style to a degree. They've kind of played a little loose with the, the mythos there. How many times did I say mythos so far in this podcast today? Anyway, it's it's a fun little show. I'll keep watching. So that's uh, playing as well. 
I also wanted to mention I am still continuing to work on websites for people. If you're interested in a, in a little website for yourself or a little small business website or some idea that you had and, and you just, you know, you're not really into uh, setting up a website and you want a little help and maybe hosting for it or whatever, uh, just go over to Rad Visions, R-A-D visions.com that's my little web site building hosting business uh, so uh, check that out uh, when you get a chance and now let's get into today's TNG episode which I'm going to play and comment as we listen to it together uh, from uh, season four I'm looking at my nice box set of the next generation DVD set uh, it is Cupid which again was during uh, about the middle point or so of season four of The Next Generation when really, you know, uh, this is when everything was kind of firing on all cylinders and a lot of good episodes in this season. So here we go with Cupid uh, from TNG. Captain's Log, Stardate 447-41.9. We have arrived at Tagus 3, where the Enterprise is to serve as host for the Federation Archaeology Council's annual symposium. I look forward to giving tomorrow's right, keynote with, address uh, with great Cupid anticipation. And Picard's in his uh, ready or his office, ready room. Come. And he's preparing uh, kind of a little talk he's got to give. I thought you'd like to know the council members have beamed aboard and been. Whoops! Excited. I had my volume down. Sorry about that. Excellent. <laughs> Captain, it really is quite late. Tell me, Counselor, with regard to my lecture, what do you think will provide the greater clarity? A chronological structure, or? The Today's division of each expedition's findings in the various religious, sociological, uh, environmental and subgroups. From Arizona, which is I one of my favorite flavors. I thought you'd already decided on a chronological structure. There is something to be said for a more scientific approach. May I make a suggestion? By all means. Relax. You've written a brilliant speech. It will need to be... Tomorrow, I'm going to be addressing some of the greatest scientific minds in the Federation. Switzer, Clarktown, Droff, McFarland. Giants in the field of archaeology. Compared to them, I'm just an enthusiastic amateur. I doubt they see you as an amateur. Not when it comes to take us three. Well, it's true. I have done my homework. I have examined the findings of every archaeological expedition conducted on the planet's surface. It is unfortunate that the Tagans no longer allow outsiders to visit the ruins. Indeed. Especially since we know so little about their origins. But I think... I think that I have constructed some plausible theories of my own. Just I'm still sure tweaking on the volume here. I've never kind of gotten the right, you know, how low to make it now, versus night, my Captain. voice and stuff. It gets a little tricky sometimes. And... Now we're into uh, Picard's quarters here. He went in, dimmed the lights, uh, and he notices there are uh, some flowers on his uh, table and this uh, little statue uh, artifact. Bring back any memories? Vash, how did you get in here? I came in through the window.
Picard's just like, oh, okay, yeah, you're on my ship. How'd you get here? And, well, we'll skip all that and go to Kirk mode. <laughs> all right, here we go. Cupid, this episode is production number, let's see, 194. First aired the week of April 22nd, 1991. Start date 44741. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Okay, this, uh, this episode was a, uh, a story teleplayed by Ira Stephen Bear, who was one of the main people working on TNG in the writing area. Uh, he also was the creator of the character of Vosh, uh, played by Jennifer Hetrick, uh, this romantic, uh, you know, woman character to a romance uh, Picard that shows up in a few episodes. And they had this idea of a Picard-Vosh-Q sort of love triangle situation. Michael, Michael Piller helped out, too, uh, with having it set in the sort of medieval setting of uh, Robin Hood and all that. Uh, and this is just a fun romp. The uh, story was originally Randy Russell and Ira worked on the story together, directed by Cliff Bowl. So no here we go back to the episode itself. You are a member, aren't you? More or less. Why did you come to take us three? To see you, of course. Is that the only reason? Isn't it enough? I wish I could believe you. <sighs> I really have missed you, Jean-Luc. Excuse me. Sorry I'm late. Oh. Excuse me. I didn't realize you had company. Uh, that's all right. Uh, allow me to introduce you. This is, uh, Beverly. Dr. Beverly. Dr. Dr. Beverly Crusher. This is, um, Vash. Uh, she's a friend of mine from the Archaeology Council. I didn't mean to interrupt. The captain and I often share morning tea together. Yes, I know. Jean-Luc has told me all about you. <laughs> Really? When was that? On Risa, where we met. I see. This is funny. Well, that must have been during your vacation last year. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I am he is surprised so he didn't stuff. mention you. So am I. And he's looking pretty nervous now. Doctor, are you busy? Not at the moment. I was wondering, I would love to see some more of this marvelous ship. I would be delighted to show it to you. I, um... That is, if it's all right with you, Jean-Luc. Of course. (laughs) 
You remember, uh... Don't worry. I promise to behave myself. Remember, she's kind of an uh, archaeology, uh, adventure-type character, and, uh, that's how they met. And, <laughs> and this is Ten Forward, where the Council's welcoming reception will be held today. Well, I can't think of a better location. Tell me, does Jean-Luc come here often? Not often. The captain is a very private man. Would you like something to drink? Please. And now, uh, Riker's sitting there at the bar. How early do these people, maybe it's just juice he's having, but, uh, I guess they're all different eternity kind of never looks shifts so on, on a starship Excuse anyway. Excuse me? I was referring to the view. Eternity never looks so lovely. You must be Commander Riker. I'm afraid you have me at a disadvantage. I didn't mean to interrupt. I believe you were about to tell me that my eyes are as mysterious as the stars. Your beta's eye. <laughs> Not at all. It's just that Jean-Luc does a very good imitation of you. He does. Mm. I see you two have met. Not exactly. This is Vosh, a member of the Archaeology Council. And the friend of the captains. So I gathered. They met during his visit to Risa. On Risa? That vacation must have been better than he let on. You mean he never mentioned me to you either? Dr. Crusher, please report to sickbay. I'm afraid I won't be able to finish our tour. But perhaps Commander Riker could take over for me. It would be my pleasure. Yeah, I bet. So, uh... This is the main bridge. The command center of the Enterprise. And our last stop. Vosh, Commander LaForge. Vosh. Hello. Hello. Commander Data. Hello. How do you do? And this is Lieutenant Worf. Hello. Something wrong, Lieutenant? I had not been informed that council members had been granted bridge clearance. Well, I think we can make an exception in this case. Vosh is a guest of the captain. Welcome aboard. Thank you. <laughs> What's this button do here? Oh, Worf does not is like this. Is this where Jean-Luc sits? That's the big chair. And she just takes a seat right there on uh, mm -hmm. the captain's chair, curls up. And Worf's like looking at Riker like, what oh, the heck? I see where being a starship captain has its rewards. <laughs> I'm glad that you approve. I suppose I'll go back to my room now and get ready for the reception. By all means. Well, I suppose I'll see you then. Then. I look forward to it. Yeah, these guys are not used to the captain having a girl on the ship, so, uh... Fascinating woman. This is still so much fun to watch, uh, some of these episodes I being again. being ship's counselor meant the captain confided in me. He does when he thinks it's necessary. And he never spoke to you about me? Not that I recall. Not even a hint? You must understand, the captain is a very private man. <laughs> I know. Excuse yes, me. so uh, now they're all learning, like, uh, oh, maybe the captain's got a little more going on than he, than he ever has let on, so. Nice legs. 
The four human. Jean-Luc, <laughs> has talk. some great lines in this. Excuse me. Now they're kind of at this sort of like little reception in ten oh, forward with different well. uh, members of the uh, Why have you never meeting that they're going to have. What would you have me tell them? That we met, for one thing. That we had an adventure together. Some fun. Wouldn't be possible. Why not? It would be... Uh, inappropriate. I wasn't expecting you to go into intimate details. A captain does not reveal his personal feelings to his crew. Is that a Starfleet regulation? Or did you just make that up yourself? I'm sorry if you're upset. And I'm sorry if my being here embarrasses you. How was the reception? Splendid. Jean-Luc, it's wonderful to see you again. How about a big hug? <laughs> so Q is sitting in his, his ready room and Picard walks in, not looking well, too happy. Well, don't just stand there. Say something. Get out of my chair. Oh. And I was hoping for something more along the lines of, Welcome back, Hugh. It's a pleasure to see you again, my old friend. We're not friends. You wound me, mon capitaine. John Delancey. There. Born to play this Perhaps part. Perhaps now your manners will show some improvement. What brings you here, Q? Have you been banished by the Continuum once again? Oh, hardly. They're still apologizing to me for the last time. And what is it you want? Do I always have to have a reason to stop by? I was merely in the sector. I was, uh... <laughs> oh, you force a confession from me. The truth is, I have a debt to repay. A debt? To you, and it gnaws at me and it interferes with each of my days. I have no idea what you're talking about. Without your assistance in our last encounter, I would never have survived. I would have taken my own life, but for you. We all make mistakes. Your good deed made possible my reinstatement in the continuum. Yeah, so Hugh kind of feels like uh, he owes Picard so, here a little. I'm here to pay up. Tell me, what is it you wish? And I'll be gone. Just be gone. That'll do nicely. No, 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 no. It has to be something more, more, uh, constructive. That's my new word for the day. Some other time, Q. Right now, I have other matters to attend to. Yes, your speech. I read it. It's dull, plodding, pedantic, much like yourself. I could help you with it. <laughs> no, thank you. You've never actually been to the ruins at Tagus Three, have you? No. It was sealed off more than a century ago. Well, that explains it then. How can you write about something that you've never seen? I know. Why don't I take you there? Out of the question. That would mean breaking Taguan law. Must you always be so ethical? I suppose we could travel back in time. You could see what Tagus was like two billion years ago. They really knew how to party back in those days. <laughs> my answer is still no. My lecture will have to stand on its own. And now, will you please leave my ship? You are simply the most impossible person to buy a gift for. <laughs> Manoraika, will you report to my ready room? Yes, Captain. I'm 
just been paid a visit from Q. Q? Any idea what he's up to? He wants to do something nice for me. I'll alert the crew. Now Picard's kind of walking down uh, some corridor on the ship, trying to see what's going on, be a little inconspicuous, and then he's heading towards uh, Vash's quarters. There. It's me. Who? Jean-Luc. Yes? I come in. Let me try to explain. I... I am by no means embarrassed by your presence here. On the contrary. What's this? A map of the ruins. <sighs> Thought that I was the only reason you came to take us. I never fooled you for a second. Still, you are the most important reason. Am I? That's the problem with being such a well-known liar. Even when I'm telling the truth, no one believes me. This equipment will have to be confiscated. Is that necessary? Yeah, he found uh, like the a Taguans would have catch you down there. Shovel oh, and a kind on. of a drill kind of a thing. You uh, gave me the same warning about Sarthong Five. I remember. Well, it didn't stop me from going there. I brought back some very impressive artifacts too. There's no doubt you sold for a very impressive profit. That's what I do. Not on board my ship. I will not allow it. Let's get one thing straight, though, Picard. I cannot change who I am for you or anyone else. Nor can I change who I am. Then we have nothing more to say to one another. So it would seem. Kind of wondering, like, how did she get on there, like, with that stuff, that equipment? Now, Q kind of uh, peeked in on her in her quarters, and she didn't see him or anything. Sleeping alone? I'm in no mood for your foolishness, Q. I knew there was something different about you. You seemed tense, preoccupied, somewhat smaller. At first, I thought it was that horrible lecture of yours, but I was mistaken. Whatever game it is you want to play, you'll have to wait until tomorrow. I had such high hopes for you, Picard. I thought you were a bit more evolved than the rest of your species. But now I realize you're just as weak as all the others. Still, it pains me to see the great Jean-Luc Picard brought down by a woman. What woman? <laughs> Don't play coy with me, Captain. I witnessed your little spat with Vash. Nor will I soon forget the look of anguish on your face, the pain the misery. If I didn't know better, I would have thought you were already married. 
You must be very bored, Q. Your imagination is running away with you. This human emotion, love, it's a dangerous thing, Picard. And obviously, you're ill-equipped to handle it. She's found a vulnerability in you. A vulnerability I've been looking for for years. If I'd known sooner, I would have appeared as a female. Mark my words, Picard. This is your Achilles heel. Believe what you wish. Do you deny that you care for this woman? Believe me, I'd be doing you a big favor if I turned her into a Clabian eel. Stay away from her, Q. I was just trying to help. My debt to you <laughs> is hereby nullified. Uh. I don't want your help, your advice, your favors. Or for that matter, you. Do you understand? Once and for all. You would have me stand idly by as she led you to your destruction? Yes! As you wish. Picard's little jammies he wears in these episodes when you see him in his quarters at night like that. Uh, I don't know, they, they look a little strange on him for some reason. Ladies and gentlemen, members of the Archaeology nice Council. Nice to see their dress Welcome. uniforms here. Mystery. Always liked the way those looked on it TNG. It is the mystery of Tagus Three that brings us here together today. It is a mystery that has invited more argument more deduction, more speculation than the best works of fiction. And if you will excuse the conceit, I want to tell you about my detective story. For several years now, I have been trying to unravel the secrets of Tagus Three. Needless to say, I have not succeeded. No. However, I have, I believe, Beverly turned up some new information. Beverly and Troy have these hats that, that appeared on their nothing else, only raises like a new Robin set Hood. of mysteries, and I hope that we can discuss them here together. There have been 947 known archaeological uh, excavations Riker conducted got a, on the planet's uh, surface. Staff in of his those, hand some now. 74 are generally believed to have revealed findings in this of major sort of importance. Monk robe. The earliest was some 22,000 years ago. And now, finally, Picard dressed up kind of like Robin Hood. And the main crew casts are now put into this sort of forest setting uh, in these Q. different outfits. This is actually some of this shooting was in this Descano, Des, Descasano uh, Gardens northeast of Glendale. Was, uh, oak trees sort of replaced no. uh, for Sherwood Forest. I think forest. this is supposed to be Earth. Somewhere around about the 12th century. And this is England, or to be more precise. Sherwood Forest at least cues recreation of it. That will explain these costumes. Quite right, number one. Or should I say, John Little. Well, if he's Little John, that makes you... I know. Robin Hood. Sir, I protest. I am not a merry man. On the contrary, Lieutenant Ward. <laughs> your clothing identifies you with the character of Will Scarlet. Just as Geordie's mandolin identifies him as Alan Adale. And you, Mr. Data, bear a striking resemblance... To Friar Tuck. I will not play the fool for Q's amusement. I have you at last, Robin Hood. 
dwarf charges him uh, with his sword. Off into the forest. I must protect. I am not a merry man. We'll never find them in the greenwood. I think this is supposed to be. Yeah, uh, that's the sheriff. I've managed to stop the bleeding. Worf got a little bit cut on his arm from the sword fight. Now Q's there on a horse. It's about time you showed up. I would prefer if you addressed me as His Honor, the High Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, well, that's no right. Q's the sheriff. Pointless fantasy of yours. Fine. Stay here and do nothing. By midday tomorrow, your crew will be safely aboard their ship. Of course, you will have to accept the consequences of your inaction. Consequences. What is the one thing that Robin Hood is most famous for? He robs from the rich and gives to the poor. Besides that, perhaps you are referring to the rescue of Maid Marian from Nottingham Castle. Yes, Data. And it just so happens that Sir Guy of Gisborne has decreed that Marian's head shall come off tomorrow at noon. Vash. It's your choice, Robin. You can either take your ease in this sylvan glade or risk your life to save the woman you care nothing about. My feelings toward Vash are irrelevant. I would attempt to save any innocent life, as you well know. Yes, but what about your merry men? Are you willing to jeopardize their lives as well? Is Vash's life worth more than Data's, or Troy's, or Worf's? You know, Worf, you'd make a perfect throw rug in Nottingham Castle. <laughs> Q, I ask you to put an end to this before someone gets hurt. Oh, that's impossible. You see, I've given this fantasy, as you call it, a life of its own. I have no more idea what's going to happen than you do. But of one thing I'm absolutely sure. If you dare come to Nottingham Castle, blood will be spilled. This is always the trouble with Q. You never really know how much he's kind of just goofing around or how much it's just real, so you kind of have to take him pretty seriously when he gets like this. With so. all that pacing, lady. I told you to stop calling me that. The name's Vosh. Oh, my poor lamb. You've got a brain sickness for sure. Oh, can't I get you something to ease your suffering? I could use a drink. Well, I wasn't thinking of spirits, me lady, but I have some nice, fresh leeches. <laughs> to drain the fever. Out. Get out. Oh, her mind's in an awful turmoil, Sir Guy. Who the hell are you? <gasps> My lady, everyone in Nottingham knows. Sir Guy of Gisborne. Yeah, this Sir is Guy Sir Guy. Leave us. This castle set, actually, they did pretty inexpensively. It says in the notes that Not I've got here. Me, lady they are made up of uh, just some inexpensive set pieces. And they, they kind of the way they shot the episode made it look Will like it was more me? than it really was. I see. 
kind of like the crew in these outfits, though, in this locale. They can fit them pretty well, especially Patrick Stewart being English and everything. I warn you, Marion, this pathetic attempt at feigning madness will not save your life. You mean I'm the one being executed? Sir Guy, wait a minute. Couldn't we talk this over? I admit, I haven't been myself lately. Maybe we've both been a bit hasty. Please? So now Vosh is trying to uh, get Sir Guy to uh, change his mind. Sorry. <laughs> Worf uh, just smashed Jordy's little mandolin, which is sort of an homage to people uh, who have seen Animal House. Data! Are you all right? The arrow impacted just above my sixth intercostal support, penetrating my secondary subprocessor. Fortunately, none of my biofunctions seem affected. Do not be concerned, Counselor. I believe your aim is improving. <laughs> We've got to get out of here, Captain. Not we, number one. I want you and the others to stay here until I return. You're not going to try to save her yourself, sir. This is not a mission. It's personal. It's between Q and myself. I don't want the rest of you involved. Captain! You have your orders, Commander. And I expect you to follow them. Yeah, I guess uh, Jonathan Frakes got a little injury in this episode uh, with his staff broken and cut him above the eye uh, in one scene when he's fighting here in a bit. Touch sharper, shall we? Now Q is at the castle. Such benevolence, Sir Guy. Sees Sir Guy and prisoner, a breath of fresh air. You're mistaken, Sheriff. Maid Marion has promised to be my wife. What? That's impossible. Not at all. Though I admit a maiden seldom has the opportunity to win herself such a noble husband. Captain Toast. To the most beautiful bride to be in the whole of England. Don't drink that! Could be poison. Have you taken leave of your senses? Foul scheme of Robin Hood's. She's in league with him, I'll warrant. Robin Hood? Oh, Robin Hood. Oh, well, that was over long ago. Ah, all of Nottingham knows you're still in love with him. That's a lie. He, he bewitched me. He put me under some evil spell. I suspected as much. You can add sorcery to the list of charges against that rogue. Sir Guy, if anyone's been bewitched here, it's you. Silence! Any more impudence and it'll be your hair on the block. God. Escort the Lady Marion to her chamber. But I'd much rather stay here with you. 
Of course you would, my child. But I have important business to attend to. Lovely creature. Intriguing. <laughs> disguised himself. Oh, I just did notice, I forgot to say earlier, but uh, Hulu does have virtuality. You can watch that uh, on there, so check that out. One step closer, I'll scream. Gosh, damn it, it's me! Jean-Luc! I'm I glad to see you. You wouldn't believe what I've been going through. One minute I'm on the Enterprise, the next thing I know I'm here in Nottingham. First they're gonna chop my head off, now I'm supposed to marry someone named Sir Guy, and everyone insists I'm calling me Marion. Yes, I know. You do, but how? You're Robin Hood. My staff and I were brought here by an old adversary of mine named Q. But I'll tell you the rest of that when we're safe. Come on, we don't have much time. And the others are outside. They're waiting for us back at Sherwood Forest. You, you mean you came here alone? That's right. Now, come on. What kind of plan is that? It's an excellent one if you just hurry up. Do you realize our lives are at stake here? Only twelve. <laughs> and this is the best strategy you could come up with? One man against an entire castle? You have a better one? How about this? You go, I'll stay here. And do what? Marry Sir Guy if I have to. Well, that's brilliant. If there's a way to escape, I'll find it. Eventually. With my head still attached. You really believe I would leave you here? I can take care of myself. You are the most stubborn woman I ever knew. Hey! There'll be no escape for you this time, Robin Hood. You stay behind me. You should have left while you had the chance. Well done, my dear. She pulled out his sword and, and consider it my uh, wedding gift to you, darling. Is just kind of looking out for herself. It looks like. And now Picard's being taken off by the guards, of course. Congratulations, Sir Guy. I see you snared the jackal. It's Marion who deserves the credit. Took him with his own sword. You sent for me, milady. I want you to take this letter to Robin's men. You want me to go to Sherwood Forest at this time of night? You'll leave immediately. <laughs> but it's dark. I'll get lost. Besides, it's not safe. What with all them hedge robbers and worse I don't want about. to go. I don't want Ooh, to. <laughs> if you ask me, you'd be better off with Sir Guy. He's got a future. Why, you'll be living in London before you know it. But you must go, otherwise they'll kill him. dare you barge in here like this? I've come to apologize for my harsh words. I had no idea that you were so ruthless. 
That's most gracious of you. I admit I was surprised, but no more surprised than Jean-Luc. Your cue. Yes. And you are a very interesting woman. What is this? Give that to me. A letter to Riker. Quick. Come to the castle, save the captain. Why, this is wonderful. What <laughs> marvelous duplicity. You certainly fooled Sir Guy and me as well. I think you're worth further study. Am I? Yes, but unfortunately, we just don't have the time. Guards! Take this traitor away. It appears there's going to be a double execution. Still not quite sure why this was what Q wanted to do for Picard here. I guess it was to just push him into, you know, declaring his feelings for Vosh and all that. But uh, I thought he was, you know, this whole thing started with him wanting to reward Picard for helping him. This isn't too much of a reward, I guess, but... This whole thing is your fault. My fault? Yes, your fault. If you hadn't grabbed my sword, we'd be back in Sherwood by now. I grabbed your sword to prevent you from being killed. Oh, really? Not as a wedding present for Sir Guy. You know I had no intention of going through with that. Do I? You should never have interfered. You're the one interfering. I was just trying to rescue you. Well, next time, don't bother. Don't you worry, I won't. Don't the two of you ever stop arguing? Now tell me, Robin, as you stand here facing the termination of your insect existence, do you see what brought you to this end? Was she worth it? Can we just get this over with? Are you implying that I'm not worth it? Q, your game was for my benefit. She is innocent in all of this. Ah, she's many things, none of them innocent. Let her go. Jean-Luc, you do care. A gallant gesture, Robin, but a futile one. Farewell. I hope the two of you are happy together. Now they show the crew in disguise around the You have been found the, uh, guilty of outlawry and high The area there that they're in. Do you have anything to say before sentence is carried out? I... Prepare them for the block. There are too many of them. Data? We need a diversion now. Data just pulls this little something out of his arm here. And throws it into a fire nearby. Get to have some nice little action in this uh, episode here. I think uh, Patrick Stewart especially has a good time with this one. I'll have you know I'm the greatest swordsman in all of Nottingham. Amper card says, hey, he's doing okay. He's holding his own. 
girls just get to, you know, bust guys over the head with planters or vases. It's kind of, uh, oh, they should have gave them a little bit more to do than that, but. That's something you should know. So Picard got him and, and now he's after Vosh. Gets the girl. could have done much better if you have hurt any of my people sadly enough they're all fine but my point is they could have been killed and so might have you all for the love of a maid my debt to you Picard is paid if you've learned how weak and vulnerable you really are if you finally see how love has brought out the worst in you nonsense you're absolutely wrong it's brought out the best in him his nobility courage self-sacrifice Tenderness. Oh, you're good. You're really good. Enough of this. Uh, indeed. Is everyone here? Where's Vosh? Computer, locate Council Member Vosh. Council Member Vosh is not aboard the Enterprise. So now they're back, of course, and uh, although I wonder where all the rest of the council members went, although if they came after they had left, maybe they just sort of went back to their quarters like the whole crew disappears, maybe we should leave. Hello, Jean-Luc. Well, this is a relief. I thought that perhaps Q had found Well, you. he had some things to discuss with me. Indeed. I'm surprised he's not busy gloating over his victory. He was right about one thing, you know. As ridiculous as it was, his game did prove that you still care. I may not show my feelings to my crew, but I do have them. I'm gonna miss you, Jean-Luc. So, where are you off to now? I haven't made up my mind. After all, she has the entire universe to choose from. Meet my new partner. Him. Why not? I'll tell you why not. <laughs> now, Jean-Luc, let's not be unkind. He's devious and amoral and unreliable and irresponsible and... and definitely not to be trusted. Remind you of someone you know? As a matter of fact, it does. We're going to have fun. I'm going to take her places no human has ever seen. Now, who can resist an offer like that? Yeah, exactly. Come on. As payment in full of your debt to me, 
you will guarantee her safety. She will not be harmed, Jean-Luc. I promise you that. Well, are you going to kiss her goodbye? So Q disappears. Give him a little uh, privacy, but. Well, aren't you? Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, uh, I forgot my hat. Okay, there you've got uh, the TNG episode, fourth season, Cupid. Uh, it's just a fun romp. There really isn't a whole lot to say about it. Uh, nothing deep going on here. Q, Vosh, you know, a little romp in Robin Hood. I am not a merry man. Smash the mandolin. It's just a lot of fun to see. And it looks like, you know, something that the uh, cast really would have had a lot of fun doing. You know, different than their normal type of show. going to go right into uh, a couple of uh, listener comments about this episode and a little bit more. So stand by and I'll be playing those for you right now. Hey, Rico. Hey, Trex and Sci-Fi. This is Joe from Toronto, Billy Bob 476 on the forums, talking about the TNG episode, Cupid. So, Cupid. Now, this is a hilarious episode. And, uh, see, it starts off with the Enterprise at a conference. And now, is it just me, or is it whenever the Enterprise is at a conference or en route to a political summit... Or, you know, on the way to something that is potentially very boring. It's like, you kind of sit there and go, all right, they're never going to get to this conference. We're never going to see this conference. Something horrible is going to happen, and action will ensue. It just always seems that way to me. It's like, oh, Jordy's on the way to this conference. Hey, he got captured by the Romulans. P- Picard's going to the archaeological conference. Oh, Q's going to come and steal them away. It's just, it's always, it's always something when they're at some type of academic event, I guess. I like the fact that Picard's giving a keynote. I wonder if a Picard keynote is as interesting as a Steve Jobs Apple keynote. I can only imagine. And now the new iPhone. No, I mean archaeology. <laughs> Anyways, a scene, one of my favorite scenes, aside, there's there's a lot of great scenes in this episode. Uh, one of the first ones is uh, when Vosh first shows up and Dr. Crusher shows up and Picard is actually awkward. You rarely see Picard kind of in an awkward position. He's usually very tall and very confident and whatever. But now he's stuck between these two women that know him pretty well, and they're going to start making fun of him, and he doesn't know what to do. And I think that's that's great. You know, just like last week's, or not last week's, but the uh, the previous Enterprise episode we looked at, it's a very humanizing moment for, for Picard, who 
even more so than most of the other captains, is very perfect at all times. So it's nice to see his little... It's nice to see him mess up every once in a while. Uh, there's a ton of good one-liners in this episode. Like uh, Riker's horrible pickup line. That was just great. I was like, oh, man, that is cheesy. Then uh, Worf's nice legs for a human. And, of course, the classic and forever famous, I am not a merry man. There's just so much in this show, and there's other humor like Troy shooting Data with an arrow and, you know, a lot of the Q stuff. I mean, overall, just a hilarious episode. Like I said in my previous com comments about uh, A Night in Sickbay, you know, not a ton of, of very relevant universe-changing action, but uh, a great episode about people showing Picard as, you know, a human being, which is, which is really good. And uh, and that's, I think, all I have to say about that. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, great comments, Joe. Thanks so much for uh, recording that and sending it in. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Picard's he's always the guy. Yeah, he's got everything's always perfect. He looks perfect. You know, his uniform always looks perfect on him. You know, he's got the Picard maneuver going for him. But, you know, there's a lot of scenes in this uh, and things that go on in this episode that make him a lot more human and, and a little more awkward and everything, which everyone has those times and days. And But you're right about that. <laughs> Anytime they are going to do something that's quote-unquote boring, it never ends up being boring, you know. It'd be... Uh, that's why, I, what was it, that Data's Day? I always like those kinds of episodes now and then where they just sort of show kind of an average day, although that was certainly not an average day for Data. But, uh, yeah, lots of great stuff here. Next up, we'll have the uh, be playing for you the uh, Moyers Father and Son Review, and I think there's a little song at the end of this, so uh, listen up. Hi, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this is, is the, the Father, Father and Son Review. Review. Well, Nathan, you're back. You haven't been on Treks and Sci-Fi for a long time. Yep. What's going on in your life? Work. Work, and uh, you've got a girlfriend. You do, don't you? How come you're not saying anything? Well, I thought it was appropriate for you to be on this episode of Trex and Sci-Fi because Rico is covering one of my all-time favorite TNG episodes. Of course, all of them are my favorite. But this one in particular is called Cupid. Remember that one? Yes. And it was very fun where Jean-Luc has to go and rescue... Vosh uh, in Sherwood Forest. He's Robin Hood, and it's very fun. So tell me what your some of your favorite epi or parts of that episode were, Nathan. Well, um, the, the love thing with Picard and Vosh was yeah. sort of cool because yeah. he didn't tell anyone about her. Yeah. And she's like, he didn't tell you about me. <laughs> no, the captain is a very private man. I thought that Riker. was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> your trip must have been better than I imagined. Yeah, that was that was good. And then when Vosh sits in the captain's seat, yes, that's pretty awesome. And then he didn't say anything. And doesn't uh, doesn't uh, Worf say nice legs for a human? Doesn't he say that? Yes, it was really awkward. Yes, it was. It was great. Um, and then of course the um, what else did you like about? That? I am not a merry man. That was awesome. Greatest line in the whole show. Ding 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 ding. Smash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Those are great, great stuff. I really like the fact that they took a classic. What are you doing? Sorry. They it, they took a classic um, story that we all know and love, and they put the next generation crew in the middle of it. And I just thought that was really, really cool. Plus, it was fun to see all the actors dressed up in period costumes, and this is fun. And you know, it's sort of priceless seeing work in tights. It is. It is. 
it's fabulous and and uh, uh data as friar tuck and yeah all that was good it was great and if you notice the sets um the set in the sword fight was actually the same set that was on robin hood men in tights for real it looked exactly the same. Well, I didn't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but that I would be was. interesting to do some research because on that. Patrick Stewart was in that too, you know. He was. He was. So that's cool. Okay, so um, I did a song for it to the uh, classic song, um, That Thing You Do. And so I rewrote it and uh, recorded it, and it's coming up soon. So how many stars do you give to the this episode? Four. Four stars out of five? Yeah. I'm gonna give it four and a half stars because it was one. Of, it's one of those that I thought was really, really good. So here you go. This song is called "Doing That Thing with Q." I'm Rick, and this is Nathan, and this has been the, the Father and Son, Son Review. Around about the 12th century, and this is England, or to be more precise, Sherwood Forest thinks Q the creation of you. Doing that thing with Q. Orbiting like your eyes I'm gonna speak now To some archaeologist guys And you He kidnapped all the crew He knew that I like you To hold you over I'm in love with you Well I try and try to forget you girl And I don't share with the crew Robin Hood I'm forced to play And I've gotta find a way To get you back from Sir Guy You'll be mine someday Cause we are in Q's fantasy If you'd only let me come To rescue you Take you back in space with me Cause I try and try to forget you girl Yet I don't share with the crew Every time you do that thing with you I don't ask a lot, girl But I don't want things for sure I won't let you be beheaded And my friends will help me a whole lot more John, that makes me. I know. Robin Hood, sir. I protest. I am not a merry man. Cause we might be orbiting Tegas Tree. But we're in Sherwood Forest together with my crew. Bash, I need to be with you. Cause it hurts me so just to see you go around with Sorry. 
awesome song, Rick. And, and Nathan, uh, thanks for your review. And Rick, your comments about this episode, Cupid. Love that song. Uh, that that song, That Thing You Do, that you did a riff off of on for that one is a real favorite song of mine. I love that movie. Great uh, music. So thanks so much for that, uh, you guys. And we've got one uh, late-breaking comment. I just got sent uh, this comment by Ryan, uh, who's data over on the forums, and he just has a few general things to say. And uh, I just saw it on my email, so I thought I'd play it for you. And I'll come back after right after that and wrap up today's podcast. Hey everybody at Tracks in Sci-Fi, uh, this is Data on the forums. Just want to drop a note and say hi to Rico and everyone at the forums. Um, you guys do a brilliant job. Uh, let's keep that up. Um, I love listening every week. I've just got back from Australia. I managed to catch up with all the shows I missed while I was away. Um, and they were awesome. Um, I wish I could have contributed to a few, but I'm back now and I'm going to have a stab at that. So let's uh, just keep it going. It's an awesome job, guys. Thanks. Well, thanks very much for your comments. Uh, I love your accent. Uh, you said you got back from Australia. I, I guess I think you live in the uh, in the states, uh, but you are from Australia and you were visiting, perhaps. But uh, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, uh, speaking of comments, uh, you can always email those in at trek uh, to treksf at gmail That's the official email to send in your audio comments for any podcast. I try to keep the schedule updated so people will know in advance. And you can always feel free to send me your comments. If you see a show even coming up in like a week or two from now and you get a, a couple of moments to record something and send it ahead of time, I'll try to keep uh, keep those in, in the queue and keep track of them. Oh, get it in the queue? <laughs> and I'll have them ready to play on any particular um, podcast uh, if you see a subject coming up that you'd like to comment on. And speaking of that, next week's show, I'm going to be covering uh, another comic book legend hero. I did, uh, gosh, how long has it been? A couple of months, two or three months. I don't know when I did it, but not too long back, I did a whole podcast on Superman. And next week, uh, for sort of a special 4th of July uh, special podcast, I am going to be doing a podcast about Batman, another DC uh, hero character uh, that I've long enjoyed uh, seeing in both uh, in comics, on, on TV, and movies, and just everywhere. So next week's podcast, all about Batman. So I'm really hoping a lot of people send in their comments. You know, if you're a comic book fan and you like that, talk about, you know, send a comment about that or any of the movies, you know, maybe something about the recent movies they've done or even the ones in the past more or the old 60s TV show, whatever. Talk about Batman next week on Treks in Sci-Fi. And that's it. i got to get out of here and, and get this out to everyone. So please, uh, if you get a moment, uh, go over to iTunes. Put a review up for Treks in Sci-Fi. Those are always very appreciated. And tell your friends to listen and join the forums if you're not on there. We'd love to have you. So everyone, take care. I will talk to you again next week with the Batman. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman show. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Have a great week. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Copyright 2009, all rights reserved. TreksInSciFi.com